I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Hey there. Ever wonder what happens to all those amazing screenplays that never make it to the big screen? Wonder no more. Welcome to Table Read Podcast, where we bring those undiscovered gems to life. Picture this. Talented actors giving incredible performances with the occasional laugh or blooper thrown in, produced by award-winning pros. From drama to comedy, TV pilots to feature films, there's something for everyone. And guess what? We release new episodes every week, so don't forget to hit that subscribe button. Table Read Podcast, where great stories finally get their chance to shine. Hi, I'm Chanti. And I'm Lynx, and you're listening to Muses. Enjoy the show. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Muses. This podcast is about the women, the wives of rock and roll, the groupies, the lovers, the inspirations. I am one of your hosts, Shanti, and our other co-host, Lynx, is at her house right now. So you may or may not know, but I've recently moved outside of Toronto, a couple of hours away, into the country. So there won't be like a brand new episode this week, but we're going to put together a couple of Patreon episodes for you, just in case you were ever curious about what you would get if you subscribed to our Patreon. So if you could do that, we would really appreciate it. It's patreon.com slash musespodcast. And if not, hey, we totally understand. We will be back with our regular programming with a brand new episode on July 23rd, it's going to be. And it's actually going to be a video as well because Lynx and I are going to be doing some video things as something uh, a little bit different. Another reason why we are putting out a Patreon episode is because I moved out of the city, so that was a big uh, a big endeavor, and we've been really busy. And also, with our social distancing, Lynx and I have had to figure out some recording stuff, and so I got some brand new recording gear, and I sent her some new stuff as well, and now we're ready to rock. We're good to go, so from now on, Patreons and 
uh, regular episodes. They're going to sound just like they used to before quarantine, and we kind of had to just figure it out and fly by the seat of our pants. So in this episode, we've put together two Patreon episodes. One of them is our, I guess, kind of review, our hot takes on the documentary Echo in the Canyon. That, I believe, is on Netflix, or it's on one of the streaming sites. And we added some music in there, and then we kind of give our two cents, what we liked about it, what we didn't like about it, what we would have liked to see a little bit more of. And then the other one that we're adding in is my favorite cover songs. And the reason why I'm putting in my favorite cover songs is because that's what I still have on my computer. I usually try to get rid, uh, or not get rid of, but back up onto another hard drive my episodes so they don't take up all the space on my computer. And Lynx does hers. So when I kind of present an episode, I produce it. When Lynx does it, she produces it. So that's why I'm putting out that one. But if you're curious to hear Lynx's favorite cover songs, then head over to Patreon and subscribe and you'll have access to all of that thank you so much for listening we really appreciate you we hope you like this episode and uh for those patrons who are like shanti links we've already heard this well we're going to give you some uh bonus things as well because as you know i've been having some mic issues and now i'm ready to rock so here we go enjoy tiny dancer Two words that strike a chord in the heart of every sensitive 32-year-old man in the country. A song actually I don't think I'd ever heard until I saw Almost Famous. So every night before going to bed, I thank Cameron Crowe for opening up a part of me that I don't think I ever knew until now. Hello and welcome to another Patreon. To yet another Patreon. Yes. You keep paying? We keep delivering. Yeah. We (laughs) hope that you think so anyways. Yeah, if there's ever a topic you guys want us to talk about, tell us. Be happy to. We'll do it. Yeah. So I was very inspired by your episode Mm -hmm. with your covers. And at first, I, when you had mentioned that you you were thinking about doing that, I was like, I don't really know of any. Wow. And then pretty much as soon as you finished yours, they just kind of came pouring out of me. There's so many. My, My problem was like choosing just eight to go with. I could do like another whole one of maybe like live covers. Sure. That's something in the future. Well, I think a lot of mine are live covers. Nice. Um, And they're not necessarily what I think the best cover songs of all time are. What I've chosen are cover songs that have affected me in some way or bring me back to a really significant or certain time. The ones that really just stood out for me. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. yeah. I'm excited. I'm excited to hear yours. Uh, give it to me. Yeah. And you'll have to let me know with this first one. So for our American listeners, let me know if you know either of these bands and mm. if and if you've heard either of these versions. So one of my most favorite cover songs, this one is not a live one, but it's Lovers in a Dangerous Time. Who covered it? Originally. Yeah. It was done by Bruce Coburn in 1984. Oh, no way. 
and it was covered by the bare naked ladies yeah i thought theirs was the original my goodness mm, mm, mm. learning so something. if you go back and listen to bruce coburn's it is very 1984 yeah, yeah. right okay and i like the way that the bare naked ladies covered it i like the piano that they added into it mm-hmm. and yeah that's one of those things that you think well i thought that was their song yeah. but no it's like it's an incredible cover there's a music video to go with it and one thing that my brothers and i would do when we were younger to embarrass Mm-hmm. one another was that if anybody ever called um so like if a boy called for me or if a girl called for patrick one of us because this is a we're landline do you know what i mean yeah like they had to call on the landline i remember and if there's a, if there's a phone downstairs and there's a phone upstairs then if they're on the phone downstairs then we'd pick up the phone upstairs and just go lovers <laughs> in the dangerous time and then just like, hang up <laughs> and try to embarrass the other one. Oh, siblings I never had them. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the kind of shit we would do to each other. So I think for the most part, everybody was pretty respectful when you got a phone call and stuff. But one of the things I'm sorry that you didn't get to have was having a brother and then having their like really cute friends call. Oh, God. Yeah, I missed out, didn't I? Like, oh, well, get that one. Especially like an older brother. I think I've even told you this before, but it's like... Um, I, he had one friend that kind of said my name incorrectly, but I didn't really care. Hi, Chantal. And I answered like, hello. Hi, Chantal. Is your brother home? Or like, Blake there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nope. Oh, well, what are you doing? Yeah. Nice. <laughs> We'd have a little chat. It was fun. So that's that's that. So I'm going to play the Bare Naked Ladies version of Lovers in a Dangerous Time. Let's do it. hours go shorter as the days go by We never get to stop and open our eyes One minute you're waiting for the sky to fall And next you're dazzled by the beauty of it all Dangerous time. Lovers in a dangerous time. These fragile bodies of such antics. Great. So mm-hmm. that's that. Very Canadian start here. Yeah. So that's why I'm kind of curious. Is like, if you're American, have you heard either of these songs? Interesting. Let me know. Yeah. Because Bare Naked Ladies is maybe on you found your new favorite song. Heavy rotation here in Canada land. Yeah, especially in the nineties. My goodness. All right. Well, let's move from Canada to the UK. Cool. So I really, really love the love. They're not together anymore. After like eight albums, they called it quits. But it's a band called the Maccabees. Oh, I don't think I heard of them. They're wonderful. They've got. I love their music. Um. And unfortunately, I missed their concert. I think, ironically, I had bought tickets to see them in Toronto, and I was, like, in the UK, but they were from the UK, and they were playing a smaller venue in in Toronto, and I missed it, and then they never played again, so, Hmm. boo. 
So this is an example of when a band is just having fun, like doing a cover because... They want to. They like yeah. the band. Well, I don't even know if it would be necessarily because they liked this band, but the Maccabees ended up covering Boom Boom Pow by the Black Eyed Peas. I don't think I know that song. Okay. Um, it's just like boom, 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 boom. Okay. That was awful. Okay. So <laughs> what I'll do when I can, I'll pause this links is I'll show you like the original. Yeah. Please. And then I'm going to show you a little bit of the video because they're, it's like a BBC sessions. Oh. So they were probably there recording their own stuff. But then as a joke, a lot of the times, or, you know, a lot of the times they'll ask to do a cover yeah. and you can tell that they're just doing it like as a joke. Like the guys are cracking up and they're like laughing throughout ha- it. Okay. So well, it's cool. Fun. They're having fun. It's fun to watch them like. Like, I, this is a completely different genre where... I love those BBC sessions where people do things out of the box. You know, artists cover other artists you wouldn't expect them to. Right. And exactly. And then if you hear them do the cover, it's just, it's so British, you yeah. know? And they look so cute because they're still, like, really young. And they're kind of grinning and smirking at each other. So Ooh. I'm going to play the cover for you guys. But if you want to do the compare, the comparing, like, pause, go listen to a bit of the original, and then come back and listen yeah. to the cover. So we'll play Boom Boom Pow, the cover by the Maccabees of the Black Eyed Peas song. Yay. So that was that. How British was that? So British. They have the most adorable. I love it when British people sing it with their accent. Mm-hmm. So, so free, thousand and eight. It's so good. It's so good. I can see why that's on your list. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's definitely better than the original. Sorry. <laughs> um. So my next one is anything that Heim covers. Hmm. So Heim are. Oh yeah. The, it's the three sisters. And they do a lot of covers in their live show, and they also do a lot of like in session. I know one cover from them that Which I one? really like, uh, Shell Crow. Yes. Yeah. Um. So they and they they cover a lot of like women primarily too. So they've done uh, Shania Twain. That don't impress me much. Oh yeah, I've heard that one as well. That one's good. They've done Fleetwood Mac's Oh Well, one of their more recent ones. This one I'm not gonna play this one just because the sound quality is too bad. Because it was just the first time I saw them covering it was just on their Instagram story, which is not there anymore. Yeah. But then there's just like a fan video of it and it's them doing Paula Cole's Where Have All the Cowboys Gone? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's um, the bass player. I forget her name. I know Danielle's the lead singer. I think Esty's the young one, but I forget. Mm. 
I don't know my Heim sisters like my sister-in-law does, but uh, it's the bass player that's doing the cover of it. And she kind of starts off like, when it get ready in your 56 Chevy. <laughs> like, it's really funny. And again, they're like laughing through it, which is great. But the cover that I've chosen is in, they do an in-house session. So they're in like a nice live studio and they cover Selena Gomez's Bad Liar. And it's the youngest sister, so Babyheim. She's the one that's doing the singing. And she normally doesn't do a lot of the leads on the vocals. So that's nice. So that's kind of nice. And then Danielle Heim is playing the cups with knives. Yeah. Oh. Which is, I love when they do that. Yeah. Like they really... Make their own instruments. Yeah. Creative. Get creative. And then why I also thought that this was interesting was because Selena Gomez's Bad Liar is... um, it's not a cover. It's when it's a sample of Talking Heads' "Psycho Killer." Dun 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 dun. Yeah, and then you know, Baby Hunt comes in. I was walking down the street the other day. But you know what? It's best to just let the music speak for itself. Yeah. So why don't we play Heim covering Selena Gomez's "Bad Liar"? Let's do it. The original's great too. I don't know it. I'm gonna check out both. I'll check out both. Okay. Walking down the street the other day Trying to distract myself But then I see your face Oh wait, that's someone else Oh, trying to play a coy Trying to make it disappear But just like the Battle of Troy There's nothing subtle here Oh, in my room there's a king-size space Bigger than it used to be If you want, you can rent that place Call me an amenity Even if it's in my dreams, I... shop from anywhere doing pretty much anything. You might shop while working, eating, or even listening to this podcast. And however you shop, we all know and love the thrill of the hunt. But do you also know how to get the thrill of the best deals? Because Rakuten shoppers do. With Rakuten, they get the deals they love with the most savings and cash back. And you can get it too. Start getting cash back at your favorite stores like Sephora, Nike, and even Expedia if you're looking to get some travel in. And getting cash back doesn't mean you have to miss out on sales because those can just be stacked right on top. It's easy to use and based on a simple idea. Stores pay Rakuten for sending them shoppers and Rakuten shares the money with you as cash back through PayPal or check. Download the free Rakuten app and never miss a deal. Or go to Rakuten.com to start getting the most bang for your buck. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Do you like science fiction? I'm Carrie Bechet, and if you loved movies like Arrival or Interstellar, then you're going to want to check out my podcast, Hypothetical. On Hypothetical, we tell speculative sci-fi stories interwoven with real science. New episodes every Tuesday, available wherever you get podcasts. 
So you may have heard uh, the song at the beginning of this episode. <laughs> well, we didn't play the song yet. We played the intro yeah. into Dave Grohl singing Elton John's Tiny Dancer on the Craig Kilborn show back in 2001. Hmm. So I used to have this on a mix CD. Oh, wow. Because I think I must have gotten it because I was you know, living back home with my parents and I think we were maybe getting torrents at that time and I think I downloaded it as a torrent and then burnt it onto a CD. Hmm. Yeah, I remember those days. Yeah, so that was one of them and I would listen to it, I think, on the way to high school, wow. something like that. And I just thought it was hilarious. Again, obviously a joke and so I suppose Dave did it to be funny and of like he says that he'd never heard tiny dancer before seeing almost famous but we well, you know he has of he's course. just he's just saying that yeah and it's funny because he's singing it and he's obviously looking at a teleprompter and he's like oh my god the song keeps going he for i think he forgets the words at some point <laughs> and then at one point in the song he goes now let's skip all that other crap and get to the bus scene <laughs> and then he just has everybody doing a uh, sing-along of hold me yeah. closer tiny dancer uh but i think it yeah i, I like it doing like doing it to make people laugh yeah it captures his personality too. it like, does and uh makes it feel good i that scene although it is like beloved it is a joke too right oh, yeah. like it's been made fun of a lot of and, course just the idea that this is what rock stars do on their buses as well yeah know? well speaking of almost famous we are gonna do a patreon episode on it mm-hmm. i'm ready to rewatch it I needed to take like a good five-year break from it. Yeah, it's been a while since I've watched it too. So so we could rewatch it even just like with director's commentary over top great. of it. Yeah. And then we'll, well, you, you so one-up me, which I love because you're such a film buff. I was like, we should try and like, I've got a copy of it on DVD, but it, like you're like, girl, I got the Blu-ray. <laughs> I've got Blu-ray. <laughs> so we'll watch it. We'll have Gears Night. We'll yeah. watch it with the director's commentary over top of it. And, and the director's cut. Love doing that. We'll do the director's cut and then we'll watch all the special features and um, we'll have an almost famous day. Yeah. And then we'll bring we'll bring that to you and you can rewatch it again and yeah, we'll learn try some to some stuff. Yeah, learn some things or that we've forgotten and let's revisit it. So yeah, let's get into this song. Uh, maybe we'll go where we'll we'll play the part of the song where he gets right to the chorus. Yeah. Tiny dancer, 
in my head. Okay, the teleprompter stopped. <laughs> so we gotta do the chorus one more time. Two, three, four. This next one is another high school memorable one for me. Also had it on a mix CD. Could have been on the same mix CD as probably was. Yeah, maybe. So, fuck, I miss having my disc, man. You know, I don't, I I don't know if I told you this, but I'm not streaming anything. Like, I don't have, I'm not paying for any streaming devices at the moment. Yeah. So, I'm listening to all my records and I've gotten all my old CDs out. So I'm listening to a lot of CDs well. Because I like to listen to CDs especially when I'm cooking. My dad still every day. He even buys you CDs still. Yeah. Yeah. And then I want to boot up my old computer. Because I have like a thousand albums on there as well. Because that used to have the CD drive. Yeah. So anytime I'd get a new CD. Because I bought CDs constantly at shows. If I went to a show, I was usually buying a CD if I liked the band and I would pop it into the hard drive and just like make sure I had it backed up forever. So, you know, it's like kind of nice to know that I did pay for those albums, but uh, that computer is dead. So, but we're here to talk about covers. So (laughs) I like when Coldplay covers things. And in 2002, Mm -hmm. so at this time, they only had two albums out. They had Parachutes and then A Rush of Blood to the Head. So they did like a live concert thing for uh, that was released in 2003, which was just the first two albums. Yeah. And so, I mean, I love this era of Coldplay. They were just such like the musicianship was A+. plus. They were still like so piano. It was not overproduced. They weren't big stadium. It was mm-hmm. it was my perfect Coldplay time. And in one of their concerts, they covered Lips Like Sugar by Echo and the Bunnymen. Hmm. And yeah, I just, I love, it's going to be a live version that, uh, I love Echo and the Bunnymen. It's a, yeah, a great band. And then they, they're great for like making you feel a certain mood, you know, they, they put you in a mood, a nice one too. Yeah. So here it is. A little bit of Coldplay. moving on father john misty Mm -hmm. does an awesome cover of the suburbs by arcade fire 
I don't know that song. Which one? The Suburbs? Yeah. Hmm, I think if I were to play it for you, probably not. You it. would recognize yeah. it kind of how you recognize Boom Boom Pow. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I did know that one apparently. Yes. <laughs> so I'll show you the difference in the two versions. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you guys are following our Instagram stories, I did post a little preview of like researching this Patreon. And I did, I just posted a little clip of Father John Misty doing the cover cool. of the song. And it's just him and uh, an acoustic guitar. And it's beautiful. Whereas, like, you know, Arcade Fire is really well known as, and again, if you're not Canadian, you might actually not know Arcade Fire, but they're, I think, one of the biggest Canadian bands. They, yeah. they won um, a Grammy. Yeah, I think And Americans big. were like, who the fuck are they? Yeah. Why are they winning Grammys? Yeah, but it's right. like, well, you know, here here. music yeah. exists outside of, yeah. And uh, so I think he originally wanted to cover Neil Young for the BB gun session, but I can't remember reading or like why mm-hmm. it didn't end up being Neil Young. So he had to cover a Canadian band mm. because the BB gun sessions, I think, are based out of... Uh, Vancouver? That's cool that they get their guests to do Canadian covers. I like that. Yes. And so this is for me, like, I haven't seen Josh Tillman in a while, and he's been laying very low. Maybe we can find him in Laurel Canyon. Year or so. He moved out of Laurel Canyon. Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah. So he got a, I think he, like, moved to Oregon or something. No way. Yeah. He's, like, living kind of, like, farm life, Hmm. like, retreat, and, like, I have no idea what's going on with him and his wife or, like, what the hell's happening, but he's, like, purposely, I think, taking himself out of the spotlight. I hope he comes back soon. Hmm. But, um... Yeah, he's like looking so hot in this video and the song is so good. The original's amazing. The cover's amazing. They're both great. So I'm going to play a clip of Father John Misty covering The Suburbs by Arcade Fire. Under the parking lot we're still waiting It's already passed So move your feet from hot pavement and onto the grass Cause it's already past It's already, already past Sometimes I can't believe it I'm moving past the feeling Sometimes I can't believe it I'm moving past the feeling to the night I'm moving past the feeling I'm moving past the feeling In my dreams we're still We're still screaming In my dreams we're still
so dreamy. He's beautiful. Like, I'm warm now and again that voice. Like, after yeah. watching that. Mm. He's like my type. Yeah. He's got the looks, the voice, Ugh. the talent. Okay. I can't believe how Canadiana this has been for me. So many of you, and like that's totally, you know, many of you probably have not heard of Kale Matson. Kale Matson is like, I don't want to say he's like that well known in like the Canadian music scene, but he's like well known in a Canadian music scene. Like, yeah. I think he's from maybe Northern Ontario area originally. I think he lives in Ottawa now, but um, he did a cover of. And I think this is like an instance where the cover is much more popular than he is, but it's a great cover. Mm. And so I've got to include it. And so Kale Matson covers Drake's Hotline Bling. Mm. And so I know that there are a few covers of that song out there. Um, he's not the only one who's done it, but his version is like super weird and really cool. And then in the comments section, when I was just making sure it was on YouTube, which it is, it even has a video to go. He, he made a video wow. and uh, people said that they heard it on the CBC radio mm. and they thought that it was an original. Oh. So they didn't know that it yeah. was a Drake song. Yeah. And then they're like, well, you know, I like that original cover yeah I, I like the the cover better than the original anyways now that i know that it was a drake song but uh i think not really much to do except for just get into it let's play it you used to call me on my cell phone late night when you need my love Call me on my cell phone Late night when you need my love Settle in the hotline That can only mean one thing Settle in the hotline That can only mean one thing Cause ever since I left to see you Got a reputation for yourself now And everybody knows and I feel left out Girl, you got me down, you got me stressed out Cause ever since I left the city, you Started wearing less and going out more Glasses of champagne out on the dance floor Hanging with some girls I've never seen before I liked that one. Yeah? It's good, yeah. It's kind of dreamy, actually. Mm -hmm. And he's got a very unique voice. I okay. love it when, you know, yeah. if you're going to do a cover change it up do something very different i hate it when people just do the exact same cover you know it's like i'd rather like just listen to the original but when you turn it into a little different like that's worthwhile you know? yeah and you could tell it's like produced well it wasn't like it probably was a joke in a way but he took it seriously yeah. and he did it well yeah so i think it's great and um i hope that you guys liked it and if you're you know inspired to check out and support sort of a smaller Canadian musician like look up his other shit you know if that's like a, if his voice makes sense to your brain listen to more mm -hmm. <laughs> okay I've got one more left and then I have like a sort of cover because okay. it doesn't quite fit the parameters but I'll finish off um and you know this people might not like this one because I feel like 
people don't really like him but john mayer <laughs> covered radiohead's kid a oh interesting another one i had put on a burnt cd so I don't know where I heard this song originally, how it came into my world, but um, it's, yeah, he's like kind of got his acoustic guitar. Uh, I was into John Mayer at that time before he kind of became some like joke and I don't have a problem with John Mayer. I still will go back in some of his older CDs and I'll listen to some of his stuff and I think it's a pretty cool cover. I liked it at the time. I listened to it again. It's not as good as the original. Mm-hmm. It's not, yeah. but it's a good cover and I like it. And I liked it then, and I still like it now. Well, there you go. Here it is. Okay, this one is, I guess, just, uh, it's just cute. Okay. So it's not exactly a cover because it's changed a lot because Mm -hmm. it's What a Mouse by Mickey Mouse, a cover of What a Man by Salt and Pepper. Now, my sister-in-law, Olivia, (laughs) is awesome at covering Salt and Pepper. So she does them for karaoke and even at her own wedding, it wasn't karaoke or anything, but when Push It came on, she got the DJ's microphone, pretty much got people to stand around her on the dance floor and then she kind of didn't do the number, did a number to salt and Peppa's Push It, but she also does do What a Man. And I think maybe we had been somewhere and she covered it and it was TJ that mentioned like, well, you know what version of that song I like? And I'm like, no, what, what version? And uh, he's like, (laughs) what a mouse mouse by Minnie Mouse. And I was like, what are you talking about? And he's like, yeah, Minnie Mouse uh, covers it. And it's so funny. And so I looked online to try and find some of the lyrics so I could read them to you because of how funny they were. And I couldn't find any lyrics online. Like if you Google Minnie Mouse, what a mouse, you can't find it. So I listened to the song and I found some of the lyrics. So let me just pull that up for you. My goodness, I can't wait. Okay, are you ready for some of these lyrics? Yeah. I want to take a minute or two to pay attention to a mouse who's made a difference in my world. <laughs> He's kind and unspoiled, and I know that he is loyal because you never hear about him with another girl. 
I don't sweat it. He's always sympathetic. I let it get around that he's the number one for me. I know no mouse is perfect. I give props to those who deserve it and believe he is worth it. Nice. Yeah. Um, he, he isn't fast like Speedy, doesn't have a deep voice, but if I had to pick, he'd be my choice. He knows just what to do. I don't have to say please. In my life, he is the number one, the really big the cheese. cheese. And you know what? It's true. As Minnie says, a good mouse is hard to find. So <laughs> we are going to finish this off with What a Mouse by Mickey. And we're dedicating this to all the good, m- I was going to say mouses, <laughs> all the good mouses nice. like Mickey out there. Yes. That's I it. love it. I love it. Great ending. Yeah. Can't wait to hear it. Here we go. See you later. Yay. good looking what you got cooking well we've got a patreon amazing i'm excited for this one i've been looking forward to watching echo in the canyon with you uh and uh you were telling me that your dad's a super fan he's a super fan of this documentary apparently uh yeah i mean i've been wanting to watch it i knew it came to theaters here but uh i don't know i i guess just like I know it's going to be probably an emotional experience. One, because it's about the canyon. Two, Tom Petty is apparently featured very heavily in it. So I'm glad that we're doing it together. We're going to watch it together. Yeah. We'll be there. 
yeah I don't think it was something that I wanted to or could have watched alone so I definitely need some moral support there so my dad messaged me last week saying I watched Echo in the Canyon again today third time can't get enough of Tom Petty and Jacob Dylan great documentary and then as dads do he sent me three emojis thumbs up heart smiley face with sunglasses (laughs) I said Lynx and I are watching it on Sunday and then he messaged me a few days later and said (laughs) did you watch echo in the valley yet (laughs) not yet (laughs) just a few more days Uh, i said watching it tomorrow and he said oh nice and he said just watched rolling thunder review on netflix bob dylan documentary echo in the valley is much better (laughs) thumbs up heart and i said yeah we didn't really like rolling thunder review a lot of it was made up and he said I never bought any B. Dylan music. It wasn't my sound. I like Jacob. His sound is smooth. Petty, like Dylan, the Heartbreakers, were his band for a tour. Thumbs up, heart, happy face (laughs) with sunglasses. And uh, he said, after tomorrow's documentary, Blake, you and Lynx will want to pick up Dylan music. Jacob Dylan. (laughs) (laughs) And I said, yeah, he has that one good album. And then he said, Wallflower's backup band is great. Thumbs up, heart. <laughs> and I just wrote back, one headlight. <laughs> and he wrote, yep, good one. So, uh, wow. Your so, dad's uh, Jacob Dylan. Crushing. Yeah. <laughs> crushing on Jacob Dylan. <laughs> wow. Apparently we will be. Let's go. Well. Let's go. Yeah. Let's go check out those baby blues. And then I've also heard that, you know, Jacob Dylan has a very um, uh, Randy Bachman vibe to him. Kind of like really into himself and like just like twiddling the guitar. Like, doo-ba-doo-ba-doo. Let me tell you about this time that I did this thing. Doo-ba-doo-ba-doo. Well, when your dad's Bob Dylan, like, how do you, how do you do anything? How do you even do anything? Right? Bob Dylan's your dad. You got to find your own way. Well, let's go watch it. Yeah. Uh, other than all of those things, I don't really have too many expectations. I'm ready to get cozy. Sunday afternoon. Let's do this. I'm really looking forward to going to Laurel Canyon and then going to Laurel Canyon. Let's go to Laurel Canyon right now through this film. And then in March, yes. baby, we're going to Laurel Canyon. Oh, oh I just got goosebumps. <laughs> <laughs> we're going. Oh, guess what? Um, We're also going to go on some hikes. Oh, I can't wait. We're going to go I on some hikes wait. through the hills oh, and the mountains. and going to live the dream. Yeah. The Hollywood dream. Yeah, we've got someone who's going to bring us and... Amazing. I'm so excited. Hopefully you can go on a rock and roll tour with Miss P as well. Yeah. We'll see. She'll have just come back from the Las Vegas Dollcon, so I don't know True. if she'd... But maybe she'd bring us on a personal one. Maybe. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Let's go.
Ready as I'll ever be, she said. Well, that was um, that was a documentary that we watched. Yeah, yeah. it was a documentary. <laughs> okay. Um, Where do we start? No, I think like generally when we have done these kinds of things, we do it sequentially. Okay. So we could do it by our notes or we could say, this is what I liked about it. This is what I didn't like about it. Well, I'll just say this. I thought it was a documentary on Laurel Canyon. What it was, was Jacob Dylan playing music and talking to people who were part of that scene. I wouldn't call it a Laurel Canyon documentary, though. Would you call it a Jacob Dylan vanity project? A hundred percent. Yes. So here's uh, the thing: is like Jacob's looking good. Oh yeah. You would have had. He me sounds good too. That he's almost fifty. Yeah, that's crazy. Uh, and he does. He's sounding great. And I think perhaps what he was trying to do was by bringing in Regina Spector and Nora Jones and then having his own soundtrack because there is a Laurel Canyon soundtrack. Yeah. Sorry, Echo in the Canyon soundtrack. Yeah. By the way, there is a movie called Laurel Canyon with Francis McDormand and Christian Bale. Oh, yes. You lent it to me. It was really good. I loved it. We need to cover that. We I should. love that we movie. Should. We should watch it. Or not even. like We should just have a sleepover and watch it. Yeah. Let's do it. Um, so I think what he was trying to do is maybe trying to meld, just cr- trying to show like, look, if Fiona Apple mm-hmm. and Nora Jones and all the, and Beck, yeah. if they're all here singing these songs, well, it's just showing you the echo. Maybe. That maybe. Maybe they were playing liked, on the word echo. Yeah. That it has continued to reverberate. I I guess I just would have preferred footage of the actual people who who originally sung it, like playing their songs. Okay, so let's name who we did actually see in this documentary. So Michelle Phillips, Mama and Papa's, Eric Clapton was in it. Um, Who else was in it? David Crosby, Crosby, Jackson Brown. David Crosby and his uh, (laughs) suspenders and belt, which is an interesting look. It was a Luke. It was a Luke, yes. So we right. were watching this with my darling TJ as well. And it's always funny to watch something with him. I think that TJ should have like his own podcast or Twitch show or whatever because he has a lot to say about a lot of things. And I did write down some of his thoughts, kind of like what I did with Bohemian Rhapsody. A lot of the things that I had brought from Bohemian Rhapsody were kind of taken from him. Yeah. Um, well, right off the bat, we did get Tom Petty. That yes, was really nice. It was kind of emotional right off the bat. It was really nice to hear him, to watch him, he, to be reminded how funny he is. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like there was one part where he was playing something on the Rickenbacker, yeah. which I didn't know it was called a Rickenbacker because everybody calls it a Rickenbacker, but he's like, no, we call it a Rickenbacker. And he played a little bit of it and then he just stopped and said, you can't afford the rest. Yeah. So I thought that was pretty funny. Um, But yeah, there was a lot more of Jacob Dylan's music than I would have expected. I did like his two scenes with Fiona Apple. They sang I Won't Be Wrong and um, In My Room. And I find Fiona Apple to be one of the best people to ever sing covers because she really, you can tell that 
instead of just singing them, she like feels them and kind of tries her best to make them her own. And I love that. Yeah, she did a great cover of Across the Universe by the Beatles. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it was cool. I love Fiona Apple so much. Michelle Phillips was looking adorable. Actually, Eric Clapton, not too bad either. Oh, yeah. Especially knowing his history. Like, yeah. Yeah. He's looking great. And yeah, mm. Michelle Phillips, I really loved her uh, parts where she was talking about having an affair. Yeah. And just living the free 60s life. And. It really inspired me to learn more about the Mamas and Papas, to learn more about their history, learn more about the members, and just do a whole episode on that. I think that you and I could probably, we've never done this before, but we could probably combine on an episode. Yeah, for sure. Like if you tackled this half and I did this half, or you did these two members and I did these two members, and yeah. then it would be kind of an interesting like experiment on how could we make that work as an that episode. That would be fun. That'd yeah, be fun. let's try it. Cool. Um, we had mentioned earlier that we were expecting some noodling, Randy Bachman style, but actually the person doing all the noodling was Roger McGuinn. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I did like his story about going to England and meeting the Beatles and the Stones, and he talked about being at the Stones house, and they had like a butler that rolled joints and would have them mm-hmm. delivered it to them in the morning. I mm-hmm. That was a good little side story. I mean, a part of, I mean, a part of me liked that. And then a part of me was like, they had fucking butlers rolling their joints. Oh, yeah. I mean, they, they were driving Aston Martins. They were, and it's crazy to think like these are guys in their 20s too. Like no wonder that kind of celebrity and, you know, suddenly having that kind of money and everything makes people do some crazy shit, you know? Yeah. Uh, Ringo made an appearance. And I think that Ringo Starr... I think out of all of these documentaries that we've seen over the years, some that we've covered, some that we haven't, Ringo's in a lot of them. Oh, yeah. He'll say yes to almost oh, anything. Yeah. He's happy to talk about, you know, the past. And um, I'm happier. I, I am happier to hear him than Paul McCartney because I feel like Paul McCartney would be a little more watchful of what he shares and what he doesn't. Well, Ringo's just always been that happy-go-lucky guy who's just like, yeah, and then... They introduced us to hallucinogenics and we had a great time. Yeah, you know, like I feel like Paul might be slightly more reserved. Did you see the paper clip uh safety pin he had in his ear? Yeah. He had a safety pin in his yeah. ear. Uh yeah, so it was nice to see like a lot of it was stuff that we already knew. Yeah. These were a lot of stories that we've heard before, so it wasn't a whole lot of new information. And like TJ kind of mentioned, he was saying like it's a lot of them going like and I sat here when yeah. we recorded this, and and this, he sat here. This room looked exactly the same, and it's like, okay, well, that's cool, but we we know you have like juicier stories than that, right? Right. I did enjoy seeing some early Neil Young stuff. I was gonna I, say, yeah. I think that I've underestimated him over the years in a way I think maybe just because like growing up listening to the radio there's those kinds of like five to ten Neil Young songs that get played over and over and over again and then you see a clip of him playing in Buffalo Springfield and Stephen Stills is singing first and he's great he's amazing and then Neil Young steps up and changes the whole Like, he is incredible. Not to mention those incredible mutton chops of his. <laughs> and then they were talking about them being from Canada, and he definitely said a boot. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I have a funny Neil Young story. My best friend growing up in Toronto, she lived in a house that Neil Young grew up in. I think maybe in his, like, 
late teens or early teens kind of years. Yeah. And anytime we would be playing outside her house, always, like almost every day, there'd be someone who would walk by or stop and be like, did you know that like Neil Young used to live here? Where like, is that? What town? Uh, it's in Toronto. Oh, okay. It's, um, I used to live at Young and Lawrence, so it was just a couple blocks up from there. I can't remember the exact name. I'd have to look it up, but uh, yeah, it was just, I know he grew up in like a different place, like in childhood, and then I think he moved here in that place, and then. Okay, because um, the farm that I keep mentioning to you, the that we're going to be moving to, the nearest grocery store is called Omimi, and there's a huge Neil Young mural because yeah. he grew up around there as well. Yeah, I think this was like later, but before he left for good. Each time things start to happen again, I think I got something good going for myself, but what goes wrong? And sometimes I feel very sad. Sometimes I feel very sad Sometimes I feel very sad And I guess I just wasn't made for these times How did you think, um, what did you think about the representation of women? Um, C minus. C minus. D, maybe. Okay. Why? Well, actually, it's probably worse than D because other than like, I mean, it was Fiona and Nora Jones and, you know, Regina Spector, Cat Power. That was great. But on the flip side of like women in Laurel Canyon at the time, there was only Michelle Phillips. Yeah, and like I had said to you, I think somebody posted on Pamela DeBar's wall, like, hey, look, have you seen this? And she, I think, kind of curtly wrote, I'm not in it. Yeah, well, Carol, we're not in where's it Carol at all. King? Where's Joni Mitchell? Where are the GTOs? Yeah, they're, they're not there. I mean, even it? Frank Zappa. Yeah. Yeah, so I think... He, um, he definitely focused on maybe like three or four, like Beach Boys, Buffalo Springfield, The Birds. He focused on people that, I guess, mamas and papas that made an influence on him. Yeah, perhaps. Mary Hughes was mentioned briefly, and I looked to you, and I was like, do you know who that is? And you're like, no. So I just Googled her quickly, and yeah, she had had a relationship with Jeff Beck. She was in the Elvis film Double Trouble. She was like a model spotted at the beach. Yeah. And so she did have some, like, affiliations with them. But in terms of uh, women, it was like, yeah, we smoked some joints. There were some women. There was this beautiful woman. And that was about it. Yeah, that was very disappointing, but... I guess this leaves room. There are so many more Laurel Laurel Canyon stories that need to be told by especially the women that were there because obviously they're not being heard right now. So the women of Laurel Canyon. Yeah. There needs to be a documentary on that. I felt the book Laurel Canyon definitely covered way more than this documentary did. For sure. Yeah, for sure. And um, one of you guys pointed out that at one point it was mentioned that the engineers in the music studio were scientists and that was just kind of mentioned in passing yeah so a lot of these stories that were told were like yeah we know this like not learning too much but then all of a sudden they hit on something briefly oh the engineers were scientists and then you're like anybody who's actually into music is like what do you mean though yeah like what scientists and how explain it to me you know cut to dylan cut to dylan 
playing some music playing some music in a studio and on stage yeah 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 Yeah, man like that's kind of disappointing uh tj said something funny about jackson brown been going to the same hairdresser since 1974 yeah that's true the monkeys weren't really mentioned yeah I, i mean there was a lot of people that weren't mentioned a lot yeah what did you like about it though did you like how they cut it with that french film no, I thought that was really strange, too. Like, it was just bizarre. What am I going to tell my dad? I don't know. I did, like, the footage of L.A. in the 60s. They had some clips of footage. That was cool. And, like, I, I did, like, some of the stories and everything that they were saying. I just wanted more of them and more representation, I guess. Okay, so what I'm going to say. <clears throat> Jacob did sound great. Yes. Um... I am very curious to learn more about the Mamas and Papas. Mm -hmm. Loved seeing Tom. I loved some of the early overhead shots of Laurel Canyon. Yeah, that was cool. I wish uh, the landscape itself would have played more of a character. For sure. Yeah. Oh, one thing I really liked in it, they did do like a quick shot of a a map of like where everyone was. Yeah, that was cute. That was cool. And But that also showed you just how many people they were missing from that documentary. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Frank Zappa was mentioned in passing. Yeah. Well, we should get the map like that when we go to Laurel Canyon. Like, oh, absolutely. I think I want to spend a day there. Well, yeah, we'll just walk around. Yeah. And hang out. I'm going to rent a car, so we'll just park it somewhere. Just uh, try to listen for the doors playing somewhere so we can walk in and <laughs> find Jim Morrison. Yeah. Yeah, what do you think about... I mean, is there anything else that you want to say before we mention our little tidbits um, that we we found out at the end i think uh i think we covered okay who do you think out of all of the guys that you saw in their older age from all of the bands who do you think is the sexiest now yeah oh probably eric clapton really I mean, I wouldn't call him sexy, though, but <laughs> I think he probably aged the best. And Petty, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, Jackson Brown. Jackson Brown looks good, So too. you weren't digging the suspenders belt look from David Crosby? From David Crosby? Crosby? No. Um, I never dig anything about David Crosby. <laughs> we are going to... Uh, I did like that he fully admitted that he was an asshole, though, because that's all you ever hear about him, and at least he owns up to it. Also, uh, they quickly mentioned that uh, Menage a Trois. Um, triad. Re- triad. <laughs> the song is called Triad. Uh, go listen. Go take a listen. That's all. That's all? Yeah. So we found out something pretty interesting about David Crosby because you were actually mentioning, because I think I had brought up like, so who do you think is like the cutest of everyone? You were like, well, definitely not David Crosby. And then uh, TJ mentioned he was like, oh, didn't he donate his sperm to yeah, a famous and we're like, lesbian what? couple? What? And he did. He did. Melissa Etheridge. Yeah. And there's a fantastic photo of them uh, from Rolling Stone magazine calling them like the new modern family yeah. or something. Yeah. So we'll add that on to And when we looked it up, we also found out that Brad Pitt was also in the running but she chose David Crosby over Brad Pitt. I mean, talent over looks, musical talent over Well, she said that she could tell that Brad Pitt really wanted to be a dad, and I guess she didn't want someone that would have 
like connection to the kid maybe maybe she, like she knew he needed to be a, his own dad does that make sense sure yeah and then we also found something out about another son you can take this one i don't know what you're talking about oh jacob dylan's son oh yes 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 uh levi he has a son named levi who is a model and uh yeah, you might want to look him up too. <laughs> look, he's pretty cute. And then we were talking about how, why are all of these celebrities kids models? models. And it's like, yes, they are all very good looking. Like even um, uh, Presley, what's what's her name? She, it's not... Riley Keough? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The granddaughter? Granddaughter. Elvis's yeah. granddaughter is yeah. a model. Well, or she's was. an actress now, but yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, she's getting like good roles too. She's like... She's made a good career as an actress. Nice. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, but yeah, you, they all start. They all start. And I guess it, it like literally is handed to them. It's like, what's the easiest thing I can do? You don't even need. Oh, I don't want to say you don't need talent to be a model. I'm sure you do to be like, you know, a supermodel. Yeah. That That's that's work. And then do you think that there's something about models and, and actors or whatever that have a certain face type that people have this kind of recognition and then the more recognition you get, the more people think that you are this idea of beauty and Levi Dylan yeah. looks like a Dylan, yes. but he looks like the hottest version of exactly. Bob Dylan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's also interesting because you can tell it's like with fame comes beautiful women or men if like depending on who's the famous one but it's like the genes get somehow better and better because like of the fame uh, you know like yeah uh you wouldn't look at bob dylan and be like he's gonna make some beautiful babies but then you put him next to like sarah dylan and then you put jacob dylan next to his wife and you realize, like, okay, yeah, like, <laughs> it it does filter down, right? Yeah. You get the best of each, I guess, and, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, I'm always telling you that my older brother is so good-looking that if we had famous parents, he would definitely be a model. Yeah, he's definitely got the model. He probably could have been a model without pa famous parents, too. But you have to you work for it. You missed out. You have to work for it, all right? <laughs> Okay, that's it. Echo in the Canyon. Uh, liked some of it. Disliked some of it. I think that we need to go forwards and we need to start writing our grant. Uh, Women in the Canyon. Yeah. Yeah, let's do it. You heard it here first. Tell us if you want us to discuss some documentary. What should we be watching? Yeah, or do you want to come over and watch it with us? Yeah. You want to come over? Come on. <laughs> Let us know. Okay. That's it for now. We are going to be doing our year-end roundup next time. So yeah. we are going through our calendars. We're going to tell you about all of our highlights in this last uh, year and what we've got coming up for 2020, 2020. It's going to be a good one. We're back into the 20s, baby. Oh, yeah. Okay. Bye. Bye. My love. You 
Have you ever watched a futuristic sci-fi movie and wondered, but wait, could any of this really happen? And will I live long enough to see it? That's what our show Hypothetical is about. I'm Carrie Bechet, and on this podcast, we ask what-if questions about the future. Like, what if we could read minds? What if the world's digital data was erased all at once? What would happen if the Yellowstone supervolcano erupted? Then we explore that question two ways, through speculative science fiction and through dialogue with brilliant scientists. The result is a genre-bending narrative that's interwoven with real facts provided by literal geniuses. And, spoiler alert, a lot of the science fiction out there, it's not nearly as far-fetched as you might think. Come time travel with me into the future on Hypothetical. New episodes on Tuesdays available on all your favorite podcast apps. Just search Hypothetical. That's H-Y-P-E-R-T-H-E-T-I-C-A-L.